Hey, Merry Christmas, church. So good to see you. You guys take a seat, take a seat, take a seat. Hey, uh, Gable and Julia, congratulations. When uh, Ethan officiated your wedding, did he remind everybody to sit down or did he make them stand up the whole time? Because I've seen, I've seen it go both ways. I will never get tired of that joke, E. I am sorry, you guys. It is Christmas week and we are here. You guys excited for Christmas this year? Um, Here's the deal. This is the last Sunday of uh, last Sunday's services that, that we are going to have at Red Rocks for 2020. So we made it to the end of this year. Congratulations, everybody. Here's my question for you. If you had to pick one word to describe this year, 2020, what word, church appropriate word, guys, come on, Ian, let's go. Church appropriate word to describe 2020, what would that word I think we could all um, go around a circle and throw out a bunch of words. My, my word would be inconvenient, inconvenient. And uh, like, I don't know, imagine if, if I were your life coach and you came and, and sat down with me and I said, okay, think back to January 1st, all of your resolutions, all of your goals, all of the dreams you had for this year, like how did it go? You would probably say something along the lines of like, well, I had uh, career goals and then there was a global shutdown and maybe you were one of the millions of people that lost work this year. Or, or well, I had all these relational goals, but I wasn't expecting to stay quarantined in my own home for all of those months. That was, that was pretty inconvenient, right? Or maybe I'd ha- I had all these fitness goals, health, health goals, but I wasn't expecting that that quarantine 15, you know what I mean? Or maybe you had spiritual goals of, of how you wanted to pursue your relationship with God, but if you're anything like me, you realize this year more than ever how essential community is in the equation of, of walking in step with the Spirit. Man, I've been preaching that for 10 years. It wasn't until 2020 that that like, has sank into my heart in a whole different way this year. It has been a year of inconveniences. And so I've been reading the, the Christmas story over and over and over again for the last month. And every year, the Christmas story, I feel like, speaks to me a little bit differently. I think that's the, the power of a good story. Um, and, and this year, the, the thing that, that kept sticking out to me was how inconvenient the whole story was. You ever thought about how inconvenient the Christmas story really is? We're gonna dive into that today. I titled this message, Inconvenient Intervention. When God came to intervene and save us all, he did it in a very inconvenient way. So as we dive into God's word, let me pray for us. We'll take a few minutes thinking about the Christmas story. Lord, we love you so much. I thank you for this place. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are the God who came for us. Would you help the beauty of this Christmas story sink a little deeper into our souls this year? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 7 is the, the Christmas story. Let's just take it verse by verse. It starts like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. Now, 
in those days is one of those phrases that I used to read and, and been like, well, that was a long time ago. And then 2020 came about and I was like, well, in those days actually sounds a lot like in these days because there was one announcement and all of a sudden everybody's travel plans change. Anybody have any travel plans change this year? Maybe even this week, maybe this might be the first time that you aren't with uh, certain members of your family all throughout the year, there have been all these inconveniences where we've had to not travel when we wanted to. Well, the same thing happened back in Luke 2. And we're about to meet a man named Joseph, who uh, we're going to, to focus in on today. And Joseph's travel plans are about to change in a very significant way. Let's go to verse 4. It says this, so Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Now, a few things you need to know about Joseph. The first is he was a carpenter, which means uh, if you want to make money as a carpenter in the first century, you need to be in your shop making furniture, right? In other words, if you have to put all that down and go travel, um, you are out of work, Plus, it's like the holiday season, you know, and there's bills to be paid. And, and I, I knew that, that joke wasn't going to land, Eve, but I tried it. Anyways, it wasn't the holiday season yet. That was a few moments away. Um, okay, so, so Joseph goes from Nazareth down to, to Judea and then all the way down to Bethlehem. And you may be thinking, I have no idea what that means. And so let's put a map up for you. Joseph said, okay, I'm in Nazareth. I got to get to Bethlehem. Google, tell me where to go. And Google says, no problem, just jump on the six and head south and then head east on the one. You'll be there in an hour and 55 minutes. No problem, no inconvenience here, right? No, of, of course not. This was 2,000 years ago before all of this lovely technology. This was a 90-mile trek from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, perhaps on donkey if Joseph was lucky, more, more likely probably just walking. 90 miles would have taken about seven days. And on this trail, there were lions and bears and thieves who would just come out of nowhere and steal all your things. This was a dangerous journey that Joseph had to take. That's pretty inconvenient. It's about to get a whole lot worse in the next verse. Let's keep going. It says this. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. We're getting some backstory to, to this now in Luke 2, verse 5. At the beginning of the year, Joseph was engaged to this amazing woman. And so he, he was probably like, man, this is going to be the best year ever. I'm going to get married, and my carpentry business is about to take off, and, and maybe we'll even, like, start a family one day, like, in the future. And then one day, Mary um, comes to Joseph and says, hey, I, I know we haven't been together, but I am pregnant. And uh, 
I would imagine a pretty awkward and inconvenient conversation came from that. Not just with them, but also with the, like, like people gossip, people, people talk. You can only uh, hide that for so long. And so the, the inconveniences of, lots of having lots of people up in your business, like this is the Christmas story. But it's worse than that because Joseph has to take Mary with her to Bethlehem when she's nine months pregnant. So imagine that conversation. Hey, uh, hey, babe, I know uh, baby's coming soon, and it's not just going to be the two of us anymore. So I was thinking maybe, like, why, don't we, why don't we get away for, for a few days? Like maybe a little baby moon, you know? Maybe why don't we take a, a little baby moon? And uh, she's like, that sounds so, so great. Uh, where were you thinking? And he said, well, I was thinking we take a 90-mile hike down to, to Bethlehem. And she's like, uh, excuse me? You know, like you want, Joseph's going to, Joseph's just going to carry all of our water and our bread for a week. And we're going to make a trek down to Bethlehem. That's pretty inconvenient, if you ask me. And so here's my question that I want us to sit in this morning. God came to save us all from our sins. But if you're, if you're God and you're, you're drawing this up, like why do it in such an inconvenient way? Have you ever thought about that? Like, like, like if he's God and he can call the shots, like why pick such an inconvenient route to get to where we got to? And so I don't have all of the answers that's way above my pay grade, but I do have a thought for you. And I want us just to, to speculate for a few, a few minutes as we move away from, from scripture, from truth, and into my imagination as I just take a stab at answering this question. Why such an inconvenient? intervention. I picture heaven uh, acting like this. I have no idea if this is how it works, but I picture there being like a coordinator in heaven who is like type A, like all the way, the, the list maker. Any, any type A list makers in here? I'm so thankful for all of you. I wish I were more like you. I try and I fail constantly. Just ask Ethan. Um, and, and so there's this coordinator in heaven who has all of the details locked in and, and comes up to Jesus and says, hey, Jesus, I heard you're heading down to earth to save all of humanity. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Good Friday is coming up at the end of the week. So uh, I went ahead and booked you a hotel Thursday night just so you have a few extra hours to, to get acclimated with Earth. And then I talked to them. They have a great continental breakfast for you on Friday morning, get you ready to go to the cross. And then I let them know that Friday night and Saturday night you won't need the room, but that you'll be back on Sunday morning for Easter. They're really excited to celebrate that with you. And Jesus stops this coordinator. This is all made up. But Jesus stops this coordinator and goes, hey, hey. No, 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 I, I want the full human experience. And the coordinator's like, what? Like you wanna be born? You wanna be a toddler and a teenager and have to learn and, and grow? And Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, I want all of that. And the coordinator says, well, okay, I've, I've got this, this royal and rich family lined up for you and, and you're gonna get the best education and then when the time comes for you to, to share your message with the world, you'll have this big platform, it'll be great. And Jesus goes, no, you know, I was, I was thinking more like, like middle class, working class, like maybe if there's like a hardworking carpenter out, out there, I could, I could live 
with them. And the coordinator's like, oh, well, okay, but you're the king of kings. We at least need your birth to be like this big announcement and this big party. And Jesus says, I was thinking more like, like Bethlehem, maybe like an inn where there's no room out, out uh, in the hotel, so I need to be out back with all of the animals. And somewhere along the way, the coordinator must have said, hey, um, you're Jesus, and so no disrespect, I trust you, we're, we're good, but can I just ask, like, why, as we are getting ready to intervene, are we trying to make this so inconvenient? Like, why is this such an inconvenient intervention? And I picture Jesus looking at the coordinator and saying, well, for thousands of years, human beings are going to struggle. They're going to be laid off, lose work, wonder where their next paycheck is going to come from, wonder how they're going to pay their mortgage, how they're going to pay their rent. They're going to have relational issues, and friends who have been friends for years and years are going to have falling outs. They're going to get broken up with. They're going to have their hearts broken. They're going to get bad news from their doctor and spend long nights up in waiting rooms and hospitals crying and wondering what's going on. They're going to face global pandemics and be so confused about the world and what is happening. All of that is going to happen for thousands of years, and I want them to know that I know exactly how they feel. Right? You feel that? That is the king of kings going, no, I'm coming to save them. Make no mistake about it. I'm coming to defeat sin and death once and for all. But as I do it, I want them to know that I know how they feel, that I'm in this with them, that I didn't just come to save them, I also came to sit with them. I think this is what the writer of Hebrews is reflecting on in Hebrews chapter four, verse 15, when, when he pens this, for we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus here, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet he did not sin. Jesus knows how it feels. That's why when you read uh, about his, his ministry, what's he doing? He's going to funerals and he's crying. And then he's going to weddings and he's celebrating. He's sitting down for meals with tax collectors and prostitutes and the people that, that we push to, to the edges. Jesus goes, yes, you, let's sit down. Let's have a meal together. This is who Jesus is. He came to have the full human experience with us so that he, even at the end of a year like 2020, can look at all of us in this room and go, I know I was there the whole time. I know how it feels. I am Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So, so the Easter message, right? The, 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 the Jesus going to the cross, dying for our sins, Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate that in this church every single week unapologetically. It is the, the, the foundation of this church. We praise God. God for it. We are so glad that, that Jesus is Yeshua, the God who saves. 
But, but around this time of year for the Christmas sermon, I, I just want us to sit in the fact that, that although God is Yeshua, the God who saves, he is also Emmanuel, the God who came to be with us. Jesus came to save us of our sins, but he also came to sit with us. And this isn't a, a but, this isn't an either or statement. Don't mishear me. He came to save us of our sins. Yes, absolutely, yes, and amen. And while he was doing it, he also came to sit with us through the entire thing. And may I, I just say, I, I didn't say this at the nine. I feel like I, I need to say this. If, if you are um, a, a skeptic, in here, and you are maybe just here because it's Christmas time, and, and you're like, I'm, I'm just going to be a good son, be a good daughter, be a good whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to make my family happy. Can I say uh, two things? One, we, man, we are so, so, so thankful that you are here. Um, I am so glad. I'm honored that that you would spend an hour of your time with us. We have um, so much more in common um, than, than I think you know. I have that same kind of mind and I've had my, my own journey with that over the years. So thank you for being here. Number two, may I just say this, um, this story about God saving all of humanity by taking the form of a man and coming to be with us. He's God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, wanting to sit in the middle of our mess with us. You have to admit, like, that's a pretty compelling story, right? And even if that, that, that's all I'll say uh, about this, but, but may I, I just say, like, like, as far as answers to the life's biggest questions of why we are here and where we came from and all that, you have to admit that God being willing to step out of heaven to humble himself, to be with his people, to struggle alongside with his people is a pretty compelling story. And that's all I'll say uh, about that. But here's where I, I want to go with this just for these next couple of minutes. If at the end of 2020, we are all reflecting back on our year and going, well, you know what? It didn't quite work out the way I thought it was going to work out. It's a little inconvenient along the way. The question that I have is, is it possible that, that God was working behind the scenes every step of the way? So let me tell you this story. In uh, 2012, Doug and Ethan and I talk about this like every week, but we traveled the, the world for a, a year. What we don't usually talk about is 2013 when we got back from the, the trip. So I, um, after a year of traveling, you're all kind of confused and trying to figure out life again, and I didn't have any money. So I moved uh, to a little beach town in California called Laguna Beach, and um, I was sleeping on my buddy's couch. He was charging me 100 bucks a month. Um, I got to surf every day. I was working at a local gym, and um, by all accounts, I was like living the dream, it, it, except I, I, I was, let's, let's be real. Like, don't cry for me. I was living the dream. Um, I also just felt stuck, you know? I don't know, don't, don't raise your hand. For, you guys are a very interactive crowd, so don't raise your hand for this next thing I'm about to say. But does anybody like feel stuck right now? You know, like at the end of, of a year where nothing quite happened the way that you thought it was going to happen and maybe you're in between jobs, maybe you're in between relationships, maybe you're in between towns, maybe you're just trying to figure out what is 
next. I was in one of those, those like liminal in-between spaces, and um, I, I bought a journal, and I went up. There's this place called the Top of the World, and look, you know, it overlooks the, the ocean. It's just beautiful. I would go up there and, and um, open up my journal, sit on this bench, and just start writing out everything I could remember from 2012. Like literally January 1st, right? Everything that I can remember, the second, the third, um, you know, and then you start going by week and month and, and whatever. And like everything down to meals that I can remember, conversations that I can remember. I'd go for about two hours just writing it all out. And then I'd come back the next day, the next day, and the next day. Well, around day seven, I still remember this moment. I'll never forget it. I was sitting on the bench. I was up to about June, so about halfway through processing out a, a really long year. And um, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm listening to my, my worship music. And I get to this point, something just clicks. I can't quite explain what happened, but I realize, oh, that inconvenient moment right there, God was there the whole time. And, and, and then I was flipping through my journal, like this inconvenient moment, that like, God was in that moment as well. And God was there and God was there. It was, God was there. It was like when you get to the end of Harry Potter and you realize that Snape's been watching over Harry like the entire time. It, you know what I'm talking about? Right? Like, I had one of those moments where I was like, God was orchestrating this entire thing. And you guys, I broke down. I cried for a good 20 minutes and... Um, it was cool. It was like, it was like um, getting to rewatch a year of my life with God and having God like hold my hand and go, see, 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 see. And um, what's cool is, and I'm not saying this is like a formula for like tricking God into to bringing you into the next phase of your life, but um, I, I cried for like 20 minutes. I closed my journal and uh, I just got into my car, drove back down, probably went surfing, you know, like, like never opened that journal again to, to this day. Still didn't finish out the, the rest of the year. It's like, I, I got what I came there for. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days later, a new door opened up for me to become a missions pastor at a, a great church where I met some of my best friends in the world. And I um, ended up staying there until it was time to plant Red Rocks Austin, you know, and so there's something powerful to actually going back and walking through a year, especially when it's been a difficult year and asking the question, okay, where was God in this? Because remember, we, don't, we, we, we serve a God who came to save us, but we also serve a God who came to sit with us. Yeshua is also Emmanuel who goes, I was there every step of the way. So what I want to do is create some space for a couple of minutes um, for you to, to do this very thing. We're going to take a, a few minutes and reflect back on 2020. And man, don't get me wrong, uh, in, in a week or so, we are facing forward and we are celebrating 2021 coming and we are believing for uh, amazing new things and new life and, and all of those things. Absolutely. Yes. And amen. But let's not miss this moment. Uh, in the middle of this Christmas season, when we get to the end of the year and the days are short, I think that God is giving us a sweet invitation um, to breathe, to breathe and to remember that he is always in control. So I have uh, this, this spiritual director 
um, which is just a fancy way of saying a counselor who prays with me. Um, and uh, he's, he's a great guy, and I, I've been meeting with him once a month for a while now. And the, the first time that I sat down with him, what I thought was, uh, I thought, hey, so I'm going to bring all the inconveniences that I've been experiencing, all like the pain that I've been experiencing, I'm just gonna bring that to him and he's just gonna listen and he's gonna go, oh yeah, that's hard, huh? And I'm gonna go, yeah, it is. It's, it's really hard. Let me, let me keep telling you about some more things and venting about some more things. And then at the end of it, he's gonna go, I know, that's hard. You're doing great. We'll see you next month and I'm gonna feel better. You know, like spiritual direction, check, done for the, for the month. That's what I thought was going to happen. What actually happened is I sat down with him and I started talking to him about some of the, the inconveniences, some of the, the frustrations that I was having. And he kept asking this one question. He goes, hmm, hey, where do, you think, uh, where do you think God is in that? And it was almost like frustrating, you know? It's like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Like, you're just supposed to affirm me, and then, and then we, no, and he goes, no, where do you think God is in that? Where do you think God was in that? And it's like I had all these problems that I just wanted to vent about, and he was much more interested in like circling those problems and asking how is God moving in your life in the middle of all of that. And so that's what I want to do for us right now. We're going to have a, a mass spiritual direction session. You guys ready? I'm going to ask three questions. And um, while I ask these three questions, I want you to think back on your year. In uh, the spirit of Emmanuel, in the spirit of Christmas, in the spirit of understanding that God walked through even 2020 the whole way with you, I wanna give you a chance to think back on this year and ask the question, okay, where was God in that? So the first one would be, where was God in your work? Where was God in your work? Uh, by that, I mean more than just the thing you do to make money, although that's a huge piece of it, right? I, I mean in school for some of you or uh, raising kids for some of you, like the day-to-day -day things that you're doing. Where was God in your work? Listen, some of you got promoted this year. Maybe you got laid off this year. Either way, what was God teaching you as you went through 20? 20, the difficult conversations that you had to have, um, all of the, the frustrations, learning how you teachers out there, my goodness, learning how to, to uh, Zoom call in students, like that's crazy, right? And it's frustrating and it's difficult, right? Okay, where was God in the midst of all of that? What was he teaching you? How was he equipping you? Hey, um, what new dreams were being birthed? Right? What, what, what new space was being created for you to, to step into higher callings this year? Uh, during the difficult conversations, like, like how is God teaching you to be more bold, but also more loving? Thick skin and a soft heart, like we've been talking about around here. Where was God working in your work? The second question would be, what about your relationships? Where was God in your relationships this year? Think about it. Right? We all had um, our thoughts and our, our ideas about how our relationships were going to go this year. And we weren't expecting to be quarantined with uh, family, probably, in very close corridors or roommates, 
um, for as long as we did. And so maybe there was some frustrations uh, along the way, but here's a question. Where were some of the beautiful, fun, life-changing moments that happened, even in the midst of all the frustration with your family or your roommates, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for this pandemic? Where was God working behind the scenes the whole time in your relationships, creating space for you to, to um, maybe fall in love all over again? Or, or maybe come closer together than you ever have been. Or if you live alone, there's a good chance that you spent way more time by yourself this year than you probably wanted to. Okay, in the midst of all of that, how is God teaching you to, to be with him? How is God teaching you, hey, I'm your good shepherd. Uh, I'm the one who walks with you. I'm the one who leads you beside still waters. I'm the one that your soul is looking for. Or like nights out now with like a, a good meal and good friends and lots of laughter. Like that's something that I took for granted for 30 years of my life. And I don't take it for granted anymore. Like when, when it happens, it's like, oh, this is so special because you don't know what you have until it's gone. And so where, even in the midst of a crazy year, where was God moving behind the scenes, getting you ready to move forward into 2021? I'll ask this last question and won't beat around the bush. This is really what this whole thing is about, is where was God in your pain? Because for whatever reason, it just seems that pain is a prerequisite for the spiritual journey. And uh, I wish it wasn't, but, but it is. Man, I talk to, I'm in the habit of anytime I meet somebody older than me who's following Jesus in a way that I want to, I just ask them a ton of questions. And almost always their answer is the same. When I ask them how they got to where they are, they, they talk to me about like the, the life that they've lived and the challenges that they face and how God came alive for them even in the darkest moments. So maybe 2020 was a painful year for you. Maybe you experienced some loss this year. Maybe you're in this room right now and you go, Ryan, I, I feel so hopeless. I feel so confused. I don't know what, what's coming next. Can I just remind you that the tradition of Christmas, that the message of Christmas is that when things were at their darkest, Emmanuel, God, came for us. See, what I, what I didn't say about, uh, about the Christmas story at the beginning of this sermon is, is that the whole inconvenient intervention thing that happened with Joseph and, and Mary, um, that was preceded by 400 years of total silence. We call it the intertestamental period. It's the, the point in your Bible between Malachi and Matthew. It's just one blank page, but it represents 400 years of God going silent. So think about that for a second because there's something here for us at the end of 2020. Like imagine like a kid playing catch with his dad, throwing the ball back and forth and going, dad, have you, have you ever heard from God? And his dad happened to say, well, no, no son, I haven't. Okay, what about, what about grandpa? Has grandpa ever heard from God? No, no son. What about his grandpa or his grandpa or his grandpa? No son, we, we haven't heard 
from God in, in 400 years. And I know that things look dark and I know that we maybe feel a little bit hopeless right now and we maybe don't know what's coming next and just as things were at their darkest moment a new day began to dawn in the eastern sky just as things were at their darkest a brand new day started to come just as things felt hopeless Jesus enters the scene this inconvenient intervention and and, and enters the scene to sit in it with us I love that about Jesus it's becoming one of my favorite things uh, about Jesus where he goes, hey, you feeling hopeless in here? I've got really good news for you. This is right about the time I'm, I do my best work. You feeling anxious in here? I've got some really good news for you. This is right around the time the Prince of Peace comes to do what he does best, which is bring some peace to some people who desperately need it right now. You feeling lonely right now? I know how you feel. I am the good shepherd, Emmanuel, who, who uh, was betrayed by some of his best friends in his darkest hour right before he went to the cross. So yes, I know how you feel, but I am here for you because what happened 2,000 years ago uh, guaranteed that, that we never have to walk alone again because when things were at their darkest, Jesus came for us. This is the power of the Christmas story. And I don't know about you, but after a year like 2020, we need to be reminded of the beauty of this Christmas story all the more. And so make some space this week to process out 2020 and ask the question, hey God, where were you? God, what were you up to there. God, how are you moving in my life through my work? How are you moving in my life through my relationships? How are you even present through the pain? And I guarantee you, God will speak to you and meet you where you're at and remind you that he is Emmanuel who came to defeat sin and death once and for all, absolutely, and also came to sit with us in the middle of the mess. This Christmas story is so beautiful. I love it so much. Love it so much. And I think it would be good for us just to, just to sing a Christmas song together and just be reminded of this moment where Jesus arrived to this earth. And as you go out from here, I hope you have an amazing Christmas full of peace, full of hope, and full of joy.